You are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today on this uh, Tuesday um, of week 29 of Ordinary Time. Means we're getting scarily close to uh, to Advent. It really doesn't feel um, like it should be coming up to, to Advent, um, but it is. But I think that's kind of in keeping with today's gospel, which we're going to begin with Um and it is taken from Luke chapter 12. Jesus said to his disciples, See that you are dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like men waiting for their master to return from the wedding feast, ready to open the door as soon as he comes and knocks. Happy those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. I tell you solemnly, he will put on an apron, sit them down at table and wait on them. It may be in the second watch he comes, or in the third, but happy those servants if he finds them ready. Before each of the masses in Medjugorje, um, before the English-speaking masses in Medjugorje, Father Leon, um, one of my Dominican brothers and the chaplain out there, gives her little catechesis. And his basic points in one of them two weeks ago are perfect for today's gospel. So I'm borrowing, borrowing heavily from him today with a couple of lovely anecdotes about uh, two saints and their attitude to death. Now, the first of these, St. Dominic Savio, died at the tender age of 14, and he was a 12-year-old schoolboy when he first met his mentor, St. John Bosco. And in his biography of Dominic, Don Bosco preserves a wonderful episode. He recounts how one day when Dominic was playing football with the other boys, Don Bosco asked him, What would you do, Dominic, if you only had one hour left to live? That's a question worth pondering ourselves, and I think today's gospel is all about not knowing um, how much longer we have left to live. And that can um, cause us to avoid thinking about death um, at whatsoever. But nothing focuses the mind quite like death. And so therefore, in the Christian tradition, it's been incredibly important to meditate upon death. Our mortality looming over our daily lives, that's not a a grim spectre, rather, it should make it easier for us to decide all sorts of things. In the light of death, we ought to be able to see better what is really important to us, what is worth holding on to, and what we ought to discard. And maybe if we knew we had just one hour left to live, we might do many things differently. We might tell people what really matters. We might express our affection more readily, make our peace, forgive our enemies, seek pardon from those we've hurt or offended. But it's unlikely we would spend that last hour doing anything trivial. Now the Bishop St John Fisher was woken up in prison at 5am to be told he would be executed that morning. He thanked the guard for informing him and then asked to be able to sleep another hour or so because he was tired. What a response. And you might now be asking, but what did St. Dominic Savio say to Don Bosco when he asked him, what would you do, Dominic, if you only had one hour left to live? Dominic replied, I would continue playing football. 
sleep and football. Those are perhaps the surprising answer of the saints. Or rather, not surprising, because they were saints. For the rest of us, if we have all sorts of things we would do, then perhaps we should ask, why haven't we done these things already? Why are we not doing them now? The martyr bishop and the schoolboy are both prepared to die, and so they can go on doing what they were doing. But for us who have left so many things undone and unsaid, I want to suggest that if we are not prepared to die, it might well mean that we are not yet living well. If there are important things we're currently leaving undone, we're not actually treating life as a gift, we're treating it as a presumption. Now our lives can have all sorts of semblances of living and vibrancy, but how many of these are just mere activity? Activity can look like living, just like social media friends look like friends. They have the appearance of being what they are not, and worse, we allow ourselves to be deceived. Now, I'm not saying that you can't generate um, you know, friendships through social media or maintain meaningful contact through social media with other people, but just simply to be friends with somebody on Facebook, that is not friendship. And so we can go through life if we're not careful as though we were living it or watching other people live it. But all the while, we can be postponing the most important things. And that's why we meditate upon death. The prospect of an imminent death puts an end to this postponement. The art of dying well, then, it seems, is bound to the art of living well. To live in love with trust in God and his mercy, to commit our lives to him, to genuinely desire what God desires for us. In the book we're currently working our way through on the Friarside, Frank Sheed's marvellous book, A Map of Life, in the study notes there is a suggestion that it's better to think of heaven as the result of a good life than a reward. I think that is incredibly helpful. If you do not love the things of God now, you will not suddenly love them when you die. Some of us, perhaps most of us, will require a long period of purgation at death, a period of letting go of our attachments to what is not of God, so that we can enjoy what is God and of God. But much better not to leave that purification to purgatory. What would I do if I had one hour left to live? I cannot yet say that it would be to carry on sleeping or to play if I were playing. But I pray that today I might begin the changes so that soon I can say something like sleep and play if that is what I'm doing. And I pray that it is today for each of us because we have no other day available to us. The only day you will ever change is today. And the only moment you will ever change is now. And that's why we pray to Our Lady each day. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Now let's listen to How Can I Keep From Singing, sung by various Australian choirs. <laughs> 